Good morning, Harvest Decatur. How are we doing? We're doing all right. I pray you're having a blessed day, blessed weekend. My name is Chris Frankovich. I have the pleasure and honor with my family to worship here. We thank the Lord for that. Um, we thank, uh, thank you, and uh, we pray that uh, Pastor Tony and his wife, Sonia, are having a great time celebrating their, I believe, their 20th anniversary, so praise God for that. So, good morning. I want to start off probably a little differently than what you've been accustomed to, and that is with a pop quiz. How many of you, by show of hands, love to open your day with a pop quiz? Huh? All right, Don Miller does. All right, so we're going to go ahead and do it. So... Play along with me, if you will, and those at home, you're going to have to uh, uh, shout out really loud so we can hear you. One of Pastor Tony's favorite go-to verses is Romans chapter 10, verse 9, which says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be amen and amen. And just as Pastor Ryan, I think we're on the same page here. For there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. How many other names are there under heaven by which we must be saved? None. Exactly. Praise God for that. Praise God for the name of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, over the past few weeks, Pastor Tony has provided us with some excellent expository preaching and teaching from the book of Romans. Amen? Amen. We are very blessed. This morning's focus is going to be on three verses from chapter 10, verses 13 through 15, okay? Romans 10, 13 through 15. And they, go, they read as follows. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. Exactly. What a great promise. The scriptures are full of promises, but that is absolutely one of my favorite promises. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then it goes on to ask some important questions. How then can they call on him in whom they have never believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen to that. So my objective this morning is to exhort and to expound upon a bit on those verses with a focus not only on our own individual call to evangelize, but also to, on the Gideon ministry and how he is using that ministry to reach the lost with the transformative power of his word. To begin with, though, I want to share with you some challenging, some difficult, some tough news. Probably not a lot of you would be surprised by this, but I want to share it with you. As a member of the Gideons, I was curious how tall is the task of sharing the gospel and seeing everybody come to Christ, that saving faith in Christ. I was particularly concerned about or curious about here in this country, the United States of America. So I did a little bit of research. I did a little bit, bit of research, and of course the, various, the studies vary, and only God knows the heart, but what I found was that between 54 and 70% of the population in this country, the United States of America, does not have a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Between 54 and 70%, those are big numbers. And that brings me to my first point in your bulletin, your outline there if you're taking notes, based on the current population of some 330 million people in this country, 330 million people in this country, 
That means there are literally tens of millions of people. There you go. Tens of millions of people in this country and billions around the world who are spiritually lost, who do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Those are big numbers. In fact, here in the United States, if you do the upper end of the scale, it's 230 million people. That is sad. And it's sad because I don't want us to lose focus on what that means. Those aren't just numbers. Those aren't just numbers. As it is written in chapter 9 of Hebrews, it says, as it just as it is appointed for man to die once, and then comes judgment. And then comes judgment. So here in the United States, where it seems like we've got a church on every corner, the population of this country, when they draw their last breath, they are going to stand before their creator in judgment. And if you recall from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, the rich man sent Lazarus, he, he, he begged, send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish and in torment. That's the anguish and torment that these people are facing if they don't receive Christ as their Savior, um, this side of heaven or this side of death. Father God, our congregation, that, those are that, those are devastating numbers devastating numbers so and with a worldwide population of 7.7 billion people there are literally billions of people who are, when they draw their last breath are going to stand before their creator in judgment and be condemned to all eternity of anguish and torment that should rock our world that should rock as christians as people who've been so blessed by the lord that should rock us but there is great news from the book of Romans. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Exactly, exactly. And as we read, the, past, the apostle Paul was then divinely inspired to go on to ask the very important question, how are they to believe in the one in whom they have never heard? How can they believe in the one they've never heard? The bottom line is that there's no lack of work to be done when it comes to introducing people to Jesus. No lack of go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. I want to I continue by introducing you to John Price. Not only were 13-year-old John Price's parents atheists, they're also alcoholics. John Price, 13 years old, he's in a Miami hotel room. His mother is passed out drunk on the bed. His dad is out somewhere, probably bar hopping some. John Price, after watching some TV, finds himself bored, so he starts looking around in that hotel room, see what he can find. He opens the nightstand, and guess what he finds? A get-in-place Bible. A get-in-place Bible. How many of you, when you're traveling, check the nightstands to see that there's a get-in-place Bible in there? Debbie does. He's very enthusiastic about it but please do that because the numbers of the hotels are coming down that percentage is coming down as far as the number of hotels that have a bible but anyway he picks that up now understand his parents were atheists so they said never read the bible it's just full of fairy tales it's just full of fairy tales but how many 13 year old boys obey their parents completely uh, praise God, John Price didn't do that. He opens that Bible, and his eyes fall on Psalm 2710 that reads as follows, When my father and my mother have forsaken me, then the Lord will take me in. He snapped that Bible shut. How in the world did that Bible know his situation? Kind of freaked him out a little bit. How did that Bible know his situation? 
Well, when John Price and his family checked out of that hotel room, guess what he did? He took it with him, and that's okay. That's why we check the hotels twice a year. He took it home, and he hid it under his bed, and every chance he got, he would read that Bible because it knew him. It knew his situation, and he read it, and he read it, and eventually he came to a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen to that. And it's all because of God's grace, a church that supported the ministry, the Gideon's ministry, and a Gideon who was obedient to put that Bible in that nightstand. So praise God for that. The word, is, uh, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Do we believe that? Do we believe that to be the truth? Piercing to the uh, division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow? That's the transformative power of God's word, the transformative power of God's word. For we all know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. But then back to that question, how are they to believe in the one in whom they have never heard? I want to tell you about a story about Sally. You know, historically, it was my custom when pumping gas. I would pump my gas into my vehicle, and then I would go into the, into the building to pay the cashier, and I'd always take a pocket testament with me. I'd always see that as a divine opportunity to take one of these little testaments and to take it in there and offer it to the, the cashier behind the counter. It's a Saturday morning. I'm getting gas. I've done. I'm going to go in and pay. So I, I grab a testament in my vehicle. I say a little prayer. God, please use this as a divine appointment to share the gospel or to share a testament, the word of God with, with the person behind the counter. So I'm walking in there and there's three or four or five people in line waiting to pay for the gas. It's Saturday morning. I guess, you know, there's a run on gas or something, but I'm standing there waiting to pay for my gas. And there's this lady, this older lady in front of me. And she looks sad, she looks sullen, she looks depressed, and our, we're standing in line there, and our eyes make contact, and I say, how are you? Well, I'm standing there, and she says, I'm living the American dream, or something to that effect, and I have a bit of a sarcastic bent to me, you can ask my wife, and I said, well, great, how's that going for you? And she said, it's a nightmare, and I said, really? What's up? You know, and she started sharing with me about how her husband had passed away two years ago, and her, last week, her son was shot, and so, man, I'm really sorry to hear that. And, you know, Lord, you know, man plants in his heart, but the Lord leads his steps. That little testament that was intended for the cashier, guess where it ended up? I offered it to this Sally was her name, or is her name. And uh, I offered that, and I share with her how God loves her, how he sent his son to die for her, and, you know, that, that she can always go to him when in time of need. And you... I tell you this story because of the, her countenance just completely changed after telling that to her. It completely changed. This downtrodden look became perky, or maybe not perky, but it, certainly there was a smile on her face after hearing that. So she pays the, the attendant and goes out, and I pay the attendant, and I go out, and I swear, when I'm going out to get into my car, there's this other car coming around the gas pumps, and it about runs me over, and I look at the window thinking, well, who in the world's trying to run me over, and it's Sally. She's so happy. She's waving at me, kind of, you know, sorry, sorry, I'm doing that, but again, her countenance changed when she heard the word of God, so praise God for that. Jesus himself taught the great commandments of the, love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor in order to motivate the church. Who is the church? It's us, to motivate us. 
And given our love of neighbor, and that's, as you know, not everybody who just lives within close proximity to us, we must reach out to the lost and hurting world around us with the, the, the saving power, the news of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection from the tomb. Yes, for the word of cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is the power of God. Despite the potential ridicule, we must proclaim, as Pastor Tony spoke of a few weeks ago, the transforming power of Christ. Jesus didn't say, go and be happy. He didn't say, go and make a lot of money. He didn't say, go to church and then go to Culver's for lunch. Which brings me to my second point in your bulletin. He said, love thy neighbor as thyself. And if you do that, then go and make disciples. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them what he's done for you. How many of you have been blessed by the Lord in your life? Tell them your story. They can't argue with that. So... How many of you are familiar with D.L. Moody, the evangelist, the great evangelist? Well, one day a woman came up to him and she told him, she says, I don't really like your method of evangelism, to which Moody replied, I don't either. What's yours, he asked the lady. She said, well, I don't really have one, to which Moody replied, well, then I like mine a lot better than yours. So... Um, again, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That means wherever life takes us, friends, let us never grow weary of going and proclaiming the saving name of Christ, making disciples of all nations. If the world wants to call us fools, so be it, for it's only for a little while because that day of glory is coming and it'll come fast. Thank God for the privilege we have of confessing Christ and sharing his message of hope, love, and redemption to a lost and fallen world. And this brings me to the Gideons. As we look back over the more than 120 plus years of the Gideons ministry, there can be no doubt that God has ordained this ministry to help fulfill the great commission given by his son, Lord Jesus Christ, to his disciples the sole objective is the same today as it was 120 plus years ago, and that is to win others to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do that by simply being in the traffic lanes of life. You know, we're mo mostly known by our hotel Bibles. That's where most of, you know, if you speak Gideons, they think of the hotel Bibles. But the reality is that's such a small part of who we are and what we do. The really important work, well, additional important work is being in those traffic lanes of life and getting God's life-changing word into the hands of men, women, and children all around the world, even in the, under the L in Chicago, the L trains, handing out the word of God and sharing the word of Christ. And we're also in hospitals and medical clinics, schools and prisons and jails and countless other places everywhere, all around the world. As an extension of the local churches, churches just like Harvest Decatur, because as a member of the Gideons, you have to be a member in good standing and have your pastor's uh, recommendation to be a part of this ministry. Um, but we're now in 200 different countries, territories, and possessions around the world, giving out God's word in 100, actually 108 different languages. That's exciting news. And I'm so thankful to be able to come before you and to share with you and to provide you a glimpse into this ministry the reason is simple. It's because without the help of folks like you, we wouldn't have been able to distribute over two and a half billion, that's with a B, 
billion Bibles and Testaments over the last century plus. And without the help of local churches, we wouldn't have been able to hand out over 70 million copies of God's Word around the world and 8 million here in the United States. And those numbers are down from previous years because of the pandemic. The last quarter of our fiscal year was kind of wiped out because so many opportunities were no longer there. Play, play along with me. Put your hand on your chest to the point where you can feel your heartbeat. I just want to make a point. Every time you feel that thump, a Gideon, Gideons are handing out two more copies of his word. Every time you hear or feel that thump in your chest, the Gideons are giving out two more copies of his word somewhere in the world. Put it in another way, every four and a half days, we give out a million copies of God's word. Every four and a half days. So... But the really great thing, I mean, it's one thing to give out God's word, but the really great thing is what God does with it when it gets into somebody's hands. Amen? Let me introduce you to Ricky Sarton. In the past, I was never the religious type, says Ricky Sarton of Weiss, Virginia. When Ricky was arrested a few get, uh, years ago, he was, said he was constantly depressed and felt like something was missing. I wonder what that was. Two days after his arrest, the Weiss County Gideon chaplain visited him in jail and handed him a New Testament, just like this. Now, he wasn't much into reading the Bible, so he set it aside. But when you're in jail, sitting in jail, you've got a lot of time in your hand. So he picks it up, and he begins reading it. And he says, as I was reading God's word, he said, that sadness and that despair immediately began to disappear. He, ex he liked that so much that he read it all the way through in seven days. He turned around and in six days read it through again. And then in a little over two weeks after being arrested and whose life was in a tailspin, he came to a saving knowledge, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He says that little Gideon Bible, he calls it a Bible, that little Gideon Bible literally saved my life. Amen to that. What is this? Friends, this is great stuff. This is God honoring stuff. People like you and me, normal people all around the world sharing the love of Christ and sharing God's word. For instance, in the country of Turkey, there are 19 camps. I looked it up. There are 19 camps in the uh, country with 130 plus members distributing God's word. The Gideons have had a formal presence in that country since 1993 and during which time they've handed out over 1.1 million copies of scripture. Likewise, in Cameroon, the Gideons have had been sharing the truth of God since 1976. And over those years, the more than 600 Gideons in that country have distributed 12.2 million copies of God's word, giving hope and uh, comfort to those who are lost and those who are broken and those who need healing. You might be asking yourself, how about here back at home? What about back here at home? Don't forget about us. Not only is the Gideon ministry, good news, good news. Not only is the Gideon ministry impacting lives in Turkey and Cameroon, but back here in the United States, we're also reaching the lost, especially when there isn't a pandemic going on. But uh, for instance, every year we're on the campus of Millican University and Richland College where we hand out several hundred testaments and over the course of a morning or an afternoon. Every fall we're on this not on the state university campuses, but we're on the public sidewalks on the state university campuses, handing out God's word, several thousand over the course of a morning or an afternoon. These pictures here, these two, the one on the left and the one on the upper right are two people who are receiving Christ 
during a distribution. Waking up lost, going to bed that night with eternal life in their heart. Praise God for that. Um, we're also, I'm kind of skipping around here. We're also on the uh, uh, next slide, please. We also go to the fairs and festivals where we can hand out God's word. Of course, this year, everything was shut down, so no opportunities there. But also, uh, we're also at the Farm Progress Show. You know, it's here in Decatur every two years. Last year in 2019, we were there, the three-day event. We handed out 6,600 copies of God's word. And interestingly, there was a Chinese fellow who had a booth next to us who we believe came to Christ we shared with it. We were able to get our hands on a copy of God's word and a Gideon Testament in Mandarin Chinese. We shared it with him. He didn't speak great English. And by his countenance, we believe he came to Christ in that booth next to us when we shared Christ with him. So praise God for that. And then finally, we're also, wherever we go, Sam and Deb can attest to this, wherever we go, especially restaurants, we always offer this wait staff a copy of God's word and ask how we can pray for them, how we can pray for them. If nothing else, the service picks up, you know, it gets better, so. But uh, great, great stuff. So regardless of where we hand out Bibles, I have no doubt that God will use his word that was placed in those receiving hands to, uh, to draw more people into his kingdom and to heal more broken lives. It may not be today, it may not be this week, it may not even be this year, but God's word is faithful and true and just and we can rely on it. As it says in the book of Isaiah, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so is my word that comes from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Amen to that. Amen. But back to the question from Romans. How are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to hear without someone preaching? I personally have been a, a Christian for about 25 years. And in fact, it was through a little white testament just like this that my own seeds of faith were planted, just like this one. But my story goes well before that, before I came to Christ. You see, I grew up going to church. I grew up going to church. I've heard a lot of sermons. I've heard a lot of sermons, but looking back on those first 35 or so years of my life, I'm reminded of the parable that Jesus talks about, about the seed being sown in the different types of soil. One of them, the seed being the word of God, one of them is the soil that grows the thorns and chokes the life out of the word that was planted. Jesus tells us this is the, the, the man who hears the word, but he, uh, his worries of life and deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. And looking back, I can see how the thorns were choking the word from uh, bearing fruit in my life is my wants and needs. My wants and needs trumps the Lord's call on my life. But praise be to God for he is patient and long-suffering. Amen? And he will get your attention one way or another. And one of the ways he does that is allowing you to be tested. Allowing you to be tested. I mean really tested. Trials that I refer to as moments of truth. For it's within these moments that the foundation you've built your life upon is laid bare for you to see. Uh, my moment of truth came back in 1992 at the tragic passing of our daughter Emily who died in an accident. 
that hurt. That hurt really bad. I hadn't hurt like that before. That one cut to the core. My world was rocked. And that's when I discovered that my foundation wasn't built upon that solid rock. Up to that point, and despite going to church a lot, <laughs> I wasn't much into reading the Bible. And maybe some of you can, can appreciate that. But God is so good. He is so good. And it's as if he knew something as well. Because years earlier, some ladies from the local Gideons stopped by the medical practice that I was the administrator at, and they asked if they could leave some of these on the counter for the clinical staff, usually the nurses and the clinicians, the technicians and what have you. I said, of course, absolutely. Um, but you know what? I felt the urge to take one. Now remember, I'm not into reading the Bible. But I felt the urge to take one, so I did. And I took it, and I stuck it in my desk drawer, of course, not thinking anything of it anymore, and um, certainly not knowing how God was going to use that in the future. But following my daughter's accident, and during that incredible pain I felt, the strangest need to read God's Word. I mean, I can't explain it. It was like a magnetism or something you know that just drew me to that word so I'm looking around the house trying to find a bible surely we've got one somewhere and I open my desk drawer at home this time and guess what I see I see that little white testament that God had laid on that counter through the Gideon ministry and that I took uh, from from my own praise God for that and as part of the healing process I found myself being drawn to that little white testament like a moth to flame God's word was a salve I needed to heal that gaping wound in my heart caused by the tragedy in our lives. And the funny thing was, I would take that everywhere I go. Every opportunity I had, just like John Price, I would read that copy of God's word. And unbeknownst to me, God was also using his word to till the soil of my heart, ridding it of those life-choking thorns. And then a few years after giving me that hunger for his word, God decided it was trying to bring in the harvest at Soldier's Field of all places on a hot July sunny day while attending a Promise Keepers conference. It was there that the scales fell from my eyes and my heart was effectually open to the word of God and where I received Christ. What a transformation. Debbie can attest to this when I came home. Man, what a change. Since that day, my prayer has been, here, my Lord, please, please send me. And because of the life sprung up within me as a result of reading God's word, he, I can tell you that he has used me in ways that I would have never, ever, ever imagined. What well, I'm probably being up here right now. One of the ways he kept me busy is by joining the Gideon ministry. My joining was in direct response to God laying it upon my heart to step up and to do more to share his message of salvation to a lost and fallen world. I have been very blessed by it, extremely blessed by it. And I pray that God, if I know there's a bunch of people in our church that, man, they are rock solid. They are out there sharing the word of Christ and, and, and sharing the love uh, of God with others. And praise God for that. They should probably... We should probably talk to them about becoming a Gideon. But setting that aside for now, I hope for those of you who aren't in that camp that God is stirring your heart and you're thinking to yourself, I need to step up. I need to do more to share the love of Christ and the gospel with more people that need to receive it. And with respect to the Gideon ministry, there's two things I would ask for. Prayer is the first one. Financial support, of course, is the second one. Speaking of prayer, how many of you believe in the power of prayer? 
Every hand should go up. Absolutely, amen. John, James 5, 16, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Prayers that are powerful when they were working. Pray for the Gideon ministry. Pray that those who are walking around spiritually lost come into the path of his word. Pray that they receive Christ. Pray, pray, pray. Also pray for this ministry. Right now during this pandemic, a lot of doors have been shut, a lot of opportunities where we normally hand out God's word are no longer available to us. Pray, you can certainly pray for the end of this pandemic. That would be a great thing, but uh, for a lot of reasons. But uh, uh, pray that, uh, new, that those doors remain open and new doors would, uh, would open up. We're right now going through our camp trying to figure out there's, uh, there's gotta be other opportunities for us. We're itching to go to work in this ministry and we wanna get the word out in people's hands. Second, we need your financial support. Testaments like these that found their way into Ricky Sarton's hands and my hand cost the Gideon ministry $1.20 each. That's actually down from a few years ago. It used to be $1.40. We are good stewards of the resources. Um, and the ones, these Bibles that you find in the hotel rooms, $5 each. Um, you know, the Gideon ministry is a simple ministry. We donate, the Gideons donate to it. We, we receive funds from congregations such as yourself. We buy Bibles, we hand them out. And we just keep doing that over and over and over and sharing the gospel. And, uh, but let me, let me help you understand that 100%, every single penny of this ministry that goes to, into this ministry goes to the purchase and distribution of scriptures. There's absolutely zero overhead taken out uh, to pay for other expenses. There's an insert, and it should be an insert in your bulletin, how you can give to the ministry online, or there's an envelope in there as well if you want to mail a check-in or whatever, if the Lord leads you to do that. Also, there's the online. If you got the email, there's a, a PDF of the insert uh, on with the information contained in it. I also want to share with you about the getting card program real quickly. Uh, it's a great win-win situation. What it is basically is you donate in $5 increments to buy Bibles like this, and these, these are placed in hotels and other places, um, but you do it in honor of somebody for an event, like a wedding, an anniversary, a birthday, whatever, or you do it in memory of somebody, somebody's loved ones passed away, you Christmas cards, thank you cards, um, all kinds of cards. Um, you, you, you send the uh, card to them saying so-and-so, you know, uh, John Price received, uh, you know, on, on, in honor of John Price, uh, the Giddings have donated. So, I'm messing this up, but uh, it says in there who the Bibles are donated from, who they're to, and how many. So we're going to have actually a display out in the hall if you want to grab some. Debbie can answer every question about Gideon cards because she's actually the state chairman uh, on the auxiliary side of the Giddings uh, on the Gideon card program. So praise God for that. So finally... I gotta see where I'm at. It is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. How are your feet with respect to sharing the most cherished promise, one of the most cherished promises of God that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a wonderful opportunity to further your reach in the sharing the gospel through your own efforts, of course, your own efforts, but also through the Gideon ministry. Through your prayers and your donations, you are directly participating in the process of sharing God's word to people who need to receive it. The time is now. The need is great. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach? How are they to preach unless they are sent? Which brings me to my third point in your bulletin. 
per the gospel of John, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, saying, "My work, the, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. This isn't going to go on forever. The Lord is coming back, or he may take us before then. So there's a sense of urgency. We need to be working during the day because night is coming. So in closing, we're nearing Christmas. I'm sure you're all aware of that. It's Christmas. It's de December. I'd like to end on this story. It's a true story, actually. Some of you may be even old enough to remember it. It's Christmas Eve, 1968. Christmas Eve, 1968. The NASA space, the Apollo 8 astronauts are circling the moon. NASA Space Center at Houston was crowded with reporters from all around the world. This is the message that the astronauts had for the people back on planet Earth. Go. effort other nations had been watching with great interest in our program one nation in particular seems especially interested in our space program its reporters of course were on hand in Houston that evening and they didn't understand what the astronauts had been reading they had never heard it before but they were caught up in the enthusiasm of others and somehow sensed that it must be something very important 
When a NASA official approached them, one of the reporters from this other country stepped up and asked politely, tell us, sir, would it be possible to obtain a script of what the astronauts were reading? The NASA official uh, suppressed a smile and said with a straight face, yes, when you go back to your hotel room, you'll find in a nightstand a book. Just open it up, and the first page you'll come to will have the script that the astronauts read. Well, the reporters were profuse in their appreciation. Thank you so much, they said. It was so thoughtful of NASA to provide the astronauts' script in our hotel room. Those two reporters, of course, were from Russia. The Giddens were able to establish a formal presence in that country about 20 years later in 1989, and since then, the Giddens have distributed more than 56 million copies of God's Word. Praise God in that country. In fact, I've re- a while back I heard that Christianity was the fastest growing religion in, in Russia. I want to thank Pastor Tony, I want to thank Pastor Ryan, I want to thank all of you for the opportunity to share the good news of how God is using the Gideon ministry to spread his life-giving word and to encourage each of you to share the reason for the season, the message of Jesus Christ who came to seek and to save the lost this Christmas holiday season and beyond. To God be the glory. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father God, you have blessed us. You have blessed us so much beyond anything we deserve, Father God. You have blessed us with eternal life, eternal hope, eternal salvation through your son, Jesus Christ, Father God. And you've called us to share that hope with others, Father. Instill within us your spirit to do that. Give us the boldness needed. Remove any barriers, Father God. Give us the opportunities to share how you have loved on us and allow us to love on others by sharing the gospel, Father God, and seeing more people come to that saving relationship in Jesus. Father God, we live in a lost and fallen world. We see the effects of that all around us, Father The only way to change it is one heart at a time, one transformed heart at a time. Equip us, Father God. Move us to reach out, to be your hands and feet, to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ in this world, wherever life takes us, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love and your blessings. Thank you for this Advent season where we share the celebration of the birth of the child, the Christ child, Jesus Christ. It's his name I pray. Amen.